0: Hello, welcome to Answering the Call. My name is William Hemsworth, and welcome to the Elevation Radio Network. Here every Wednesday, we talk to pastors, ministers, ministry leaders about their ministries, how they answered the call to ministry. And I'm pleased to have my guest today, Apostle, Evangelist, Prophet, Edward Everly of Extended Hands of Jesus International. He's a very busy guy. He's been in ministry for several years. We'll talk about that in a moment. He has a great radio show on Blog Talk Radio. He has a YouTube channel. He's also an author, writer. He's a very busy man. Pastor, thanks for being on the program. How are you doing today?
1: I am blessed. I'm blessed, Brother William, and I want to thank you for having me, and I'm honored to be on here today also. It's a great privilege.
0: Well, the the pleasure is all mine, and I thank our uh, mutual friend, Ramona Trevino, for connecting us for yes, this interview. Uh, shout out to her, because I know she's listening. God bless amen. her, we but love what she's you. doing. We love you. Hey, amen, we do, we do. Love <laughs> you more than you know, Ramona. Um, Quick story about Ramona and I, that we, I know I shouldn't mention this off bear, but um, how we got connected is we were both authors for a now defunct publisher. And we met in a Facebook support group for the, for, Mm. for authors of that publishing company. And it's been a great friendship. It's been about, man, six, seven years now. It's been a long time. It's God works in great, great ways. So, but but pastor, we're here to talk about, talk about your ministry and, Like I said, you have a lot going on. You've been very busy over the years. Before we get to your ministry, I want to just, and I do this with all my guests, talk about how you came to the faith. I mean, were you always a Christian?
1: How did that process come about? Uh, No, Brother William, I surely wasn't always a Christian. Uh, We had uh, 10 or children to church. This started way back in 1970. And our neighbor lady was a Christian lady, a senior lady, senior citizen. And uh she went to Sunday school church with her, her son and her daughter and her, her son-in-law. So we asked her if she'd take our children at that time. We had uh two, and then we had a baby. Our, ba- our youngest one was a baby, so we had two that went to two older children. So she took them to church and everything. And uh she came to my wife one day and she said, uh listen, why don't you start coming with the children, not just have us take, but how about you bringing them? So uh, what happened was there was a book uh, that uh, she gave my wife to read, by Ernest Angley. I believe it was called uh, Raptured. I think that's what it was called. It's in my mind it. But uh, anyhow, my wife got under conviction really big time with that. She could hardly read it. So uh, we commenced to talk to Mrs. Bowers, was her name, Mrs. Ruth Bowers. And we talked to her and eventually she had, got us to the place where we went to uh, church. And I was I was under conviction there, and I didn't really know what to do about it. I thought, wow, is he going to have an altar call? And unfortunately, at that time, uh, he didn't have altar calls. And I, I kept uh, thinking, what should I do? How can I do this? Because I, I need to talk to somebody. I need to, to learn about the Lord. I need to make some kind of decision, but I didn't know what it was. So Mrs. Bowers said something to the pastor and his wife. And they came out on the 3rd of August of 1970. In our living room, we both knelt at the couch and received Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. So it all, all began August 3, 1970. Now, my wife and I uh, didn't uh, uh, really, uh, well, I did, she was really into it more than I was. I wasn't really doing what I should do at that time. And uh, anyhow, it was about 10 and a half months of my life was just uh, up and down like a roller coaster. I knew I was born again. I was saved. I loved the Lord, but I just wasn't making it. So uh, anyhow, one day uh, and I'm kind of going, I don't want to take too much time on this particular one question, but it led into a point uh, a day that I was going to be baptized. Of course, the pastor told my wife, uh, he said, I can't baptize your husband because he smokes. And uh, anyhow, there's two other guys that were smokers, but they hid from him. But when he came to me in the house where I was around him, I would smoke in front of him. I didn't try to be hypocritical. I was, what you see is what you got. So I agreed that particular day. I said, I agree to quit smoking, Pastor, and said, okay, I'll baptize you and uh, that day before we went out in the afternoon to be baptized, we went out to eat, my wife and I and the children, and I said, honey, I said, my life's been like a roller coaster, and, you know, I I agreed I would quit smoking. I said, I haven't hardly been making it all, and I don't know how in the world I'm going to make it. So uh, anyhow, uh, we went to the uh, church. We were baptized. I was baptized and had a beautiful service, felt great, made a testimonial and everything, and that night come home, And anyhow, after I come home uh, that night and all of us came home from church, uh, the Lord uh, dealt with me. And, of course, I I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm going to the bedroom and pray. And that's something I had never done before. And she nearly fell out of her seat because my favorite program, Bonanza, was on (laughs) it. Nine o'clock on Sunday night, way back then, you know, this was in 71. And anyhow, I went in there and. I had an experience. It was it's like an Apostle Paul experience of Damascus Road because it was a hot June night. Just about like we were talking about the weather a while ago, up in that degrees, and the curtains were just weren't moving at all. No breeze at all. And I was in there and I said, Lord, and I was, I, I just said two things to him. I said, Lord, I give it all to you because I, I just knew it. I, I just can't make it. Lord, I can't make it. I tried. I knew I, I couldn't make it, And I need your help. God. I said, Lord, I give it all to you. Give me the power to live for you. And when I did that. The wind blew and those curtains blew up there, and just like there's a great wind. And then there's catechismical lights, Brother William, above there. Oh. And that's what I did. I was a spoken tongue, baptism Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. <laughs> and i was glow that my wife said when you come out your face looked like moses there you know when he came down from the mountain you know right. and i i didn't know what in the world happened because i knew nothing about pentecost baptism i knew nothing about nothing way i i was probably less knowledgeable than anybody seeing this program right now i had that experience and it wasn't until one year later that I actually found out what it was because people just thought I had a good dose of salvation, but it was more than that. And I knew better than that. So anyhow, he told me what the experience was and he, he educated me on it. And then of course I got my fluency in my language at that particular time, but to be empowered by God uh, and anything by God, you just give it all to him and Lord, I just need your help, your power. Cause he says in Romans eight thirteen. Through the Spirit, we mortify the deeds of our flesh. So we have help doing that. We cannot do it in ourselves. We can make resolutions, all kinds of commitments, just like Peter did on his own. I won't deny you, Lord, but we're going to go down unless we have His help. But that's how that how that began there. Wow, <laughs> then, Since that time, fifty-one years ago, I've been on fire. I've been like this. <laughs> I've been like this all all along. The fire never went out, and I thank God it hasn't. By His grace, it won't go
0: out. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that was in 1971. You said,
1: yes, sir. It was about this date, somewhere in June. I don't have the exact day on that one, like I do for Salvation. But it was somewhere in June. Might have been mid or latter part of June. But it was during the hottest times. It was just uh, when there wasn't any air conditioning, and we were living by fans back in those days. You know. (laughs) No. Fast forward a couple years, and
0: I believe you on your website says you got ordained in 1975. Yes, Is sir. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir, by the way.
0: Okay. What, what was that process like? When did you start feeling that
1: call to ministry? Well, uh, I had, uh, well, even when, at the church that we were at when I was uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and got saved, I was helping the teacher be an associate uh, helper, you know, with the senior class. I wasn't doing much teaching, but I was assisting them for the older children. Uh, so we left that church, and we, then we went to another church, and I became involved. I became a deacon, and did things around there, and then... Uh, after I operated as a deacon, uh, in this church I went to another one because he hadn't taken me to a Pentecostal church. He sent me to another church. And then I actually became an assistant teacher to the adult class. And I was about four years after I was saved. I was teaching. I, I had the gifting in my life. I knew God gave okay. me the ability, but I never had that great desire to put reverend beside my name. I never did. I honestly never did. Then uh, to bring it up the current to uh, about 75, because March 75, I went with a friend of mine who was a minister, and he started talking to me about things. You know, he was, he was already ordained he Said, you know, he said, you're a gifted man, and all these things. And he said, About you've been considered to be ordained to ministry. And I prayed about it, and I thought, Well, yes, I should, because I do have something here. So God has given me something. So in March, uh, I went with him and, and uh, our wives and the kids and everything into a church. It was uh in, oh, maybe about 60, 70 miles from our home. And they made me what they called a gospel worker. That was like a probationary minister. And okay. generally, after you become a, a, a gospel worker, worker it's usually the year after that you become ordained but it worked differently with me because in September that was just six months later and I felt I said would you ordain me I asked him if he would ordain me and it wasn't a normal thing to do but uh, something that confirmed that I wasn't jumping ahead of God or anything was the night before I was to go to be ordained the Lord gave me a message he had me prepare a message you know and unbeknownst to me when we went there that night, you know, with my friend and his family, my wife and I and our kids, when I went down there, I uh, walked in the door and the man that was over the whole state, the overseer and, and the leaders, you know, the ones that did everything, uh, the leadership uh, come up to me and said, hi, we said a few words. He said, oh, by the way, you're going to bring the message tonight. And that was maybe 45 minutes at most till that time. You see, in other words, you're going to preach tonight. Now no that's <laughs> right, no no pressure, we're going to preach tonight, right away, and, and I'm I'm a man that's in and out of season now, but back then, I have to admit to you, uh, not quite, not quite, <laughs> so he, he came up to me, and I said, okay, and I said, thank you, Lord, and I've accepted that, Brother William, as a confirmation, I wasn't jumping ahead of God, and hey, I was to be ordained, that was my sign, because if I wouldn't have known that, I questioned they they told me it was a fine message they enjoyed it and everything and and I still have to say probably if I wouldn't have been prepared for that God wouldn't have given it to me I wouldn't have done it because he knew I needed it then that's why he gave it to me so uh, from there I, I was ordained into the ministry and uh, from that point then uh things began so I'm, I'm gonna stop on that and leave you asking something else so if you want me to continue along that line or whatever to kind of answer your question sure we'll get,
0: we'll get there in a second you mentioned a moment ago that it's like a probationary period the gospel worker yes. and i'm assuming for that year-long period i know for you it was six months but for that year-long period they kind of they monitor you make sure that it's actually your calling like a period of discernment maybe um yeah. Was there a, what the what the nomination of this occurring, or was it just like a local church thing? How did that work? Uh,
1: no, it was a uh, fact. Uh, uh, the organization wasn't a church; it was an organization uh, okay. that I was with. With uh, I almost forgot the name of it right now. You said it right now. Uh, it uh, uh, the organization's out of Missouri. They've been in uh, in the business since 1931. Uh, okay. And anyhow, uh, what happened? Uh they, they're basically, to answer your question, they're basically a fundamental group. It's not basically a Pentecostal group, even though they have a lot of Pentecostal people in it. In fact, the guy, when I became the gospel worker, uh, he was on fire for the Lord. He prophesied. There were 12 of us up there. He was the powerhouse of God. I mean, wow. he really was. Okay. And, and uh, But it's AFMC, Association of Fundamental Ministers, AFMC. Okay. And uh, anyhow, they've been around a long time and uh, they're basically that way you know the basic a fundamental group and uh, but i've been with them and uh, they, they they're, they're a good good group of people they love the lord and okay. everything and, uh Great.
0: now during your 6 months period there cuz i know you 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 know you it was your calling and you were able to yeah. get it ordained early what would you do during that 6 month period as a gospel worker
1: well as a gospel worker it wasn't so much working under their uh, guidance or things like that. I was, uh, during that time, I was, like I say, teaching the Sunday school class, witnessing, ministering to people, uh, general things. There wasn't anything major, uh, that I was doing. It was just, uh, individualism, like going to various people that, uh, had needs, praying for them, minister okay. to them privately. A, a lot of one-on-one work, to be honest with Great. you. And then the only thing I really had going at that time was my speaking engagements. I had a few speaking engagements. It wasn't a lot, but a few. And then the, the uh, Sunday school class that I was teaching, the adult Sunday school classes, the associate teacher. So that was basically what was going on in those early early years. Okay. So how
0: did that experience prepare you for all the things you're doing now?
1: Well, that experience taught me uh, the biggest thing I think has been an individual's. In other words, uh, a one-on-one man, I've had a reputation over the years of being really a, that's been a great expertise in my life is one-on-one. I learned how to deal with people individually, which has helped me when I deal with people in a large group or whatever, because I, when I teach and I preach, I preach like I'm talking to one person here. Because people don't want to hear you talk to them like they're just one of the crowd. They want to hear you speak that you're centered on them. You care about them, you know. In other words, you're you're centered on them because I I want people to talk to me to register on me not saying well you're one of this big group here i feel yeah i'm just one of the cattle here you know so you have to be able to individualize like the lord does he brings it individually even though he's speaking to a million people at the same time but yet you think he's only speaking to me you know right and this type of thing and he's uh, he taught me and I, I never really thought of this i was told this but i've, I've not a lot of these things i'm told something that I, I can sense it but some things that God opens my eyes to it but they say when i preach and teach i do give examples uh, a lot of you know like jesus did and they said you teach like he did you keep it simple in simplicity yet it's profound no it's and i never tried to do that I, I never i'm gonna be honest with you i never went to bible school i had no training i was like paul in the backside of the desert i threw experiential knowledge working with people and dealing in associate and ministers helping him and and I, i've learned with a hands-on experience. In other words, what I preach and teach are things that I walk in and I live in, and God has been showing me. And I think doing all these times, William, I'm glad you asked me that question because I think about that often. And uh, he has given me so many experiences, hard, easy, uh, complicated, difficult, great. Uh, I've Tested about every way you can be tested in areas. He just brought me in there, and it's been such a long trail. And to be frankful with you, I mean, he's used me mightily over the years, but it's just in the past few years that the mighty using of me has really started because he's had me in training for 40-some years. I mean, it's been a long, long waiting process, and I knew these things in my heart years ago, but to finally getting me to a place. So it's been a long spell of learning and teaching, but I've learned this. That even though it's been a long experience, if I would have got what I have now 25 years ago or 20 years ago, and I thought, hey, I'm ready for it, I wouldn't have been ready for it. I would mm. Well, I would have been a novice in that sense, because God puts us in the oven, and he knows when to take us out of that oven, when we're ready for it. And if we jump out ahead of time, we're like a lady that bakes a cake. That cake's not too good, but she takes it out about half done. <laughs> you <know>? True, <laughs> yes. So patience. He's taught me patience. He's taught me patience. And and that's a hard lesson that a lot of us want, but a lot of us don't want to experience. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We all fall in that category. Every man, woman falls into that. But you know what it is? The scripture says, "In patience, you know, when we're waiting for something is our learning time, we have to realize that. Many people say they're looking for the prize. and just keep saying the prize. But during that waiting time, not only do you see the vision ahead, but what am I learning doing this time? Lord, what, what do you teach me every day that I can be prepared for? Because he gets us ready. You know, from a time that the, the prize is there and you get it, there's a learning time and you have to grow. And if we don't grow in that learning time, what happens is we won't ever get to the prize because we, we won't be qualified for it. We're not in the place for it. You know, it's like a fighter training for a fight. He wants to win with the top 10 to become, you know, professional. But they aren't going to put him in there till he's ready. And if he's not ready, he'll never get in. And that's the way it is with God. He qualifies us. So we have to learn every experience we have learned. And then the Bible says in James 1, 4, that we'll let patience have our perfect work and we will lack nothing. And that goes for everything. But because one more thing in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God's ways and thoughts aren't ours, right? And being they aren't ours, yes. I can think, well, hey, I need to speed this process up, or I need to do this. Lord, you're leading me here, but I think we gotta go there because I prayed about this and this looks better. Now, what's gonna happen if I say, Lord, I think your your way isn't quite it, but I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna mess up. I'm going to mess up. And that's what happens. A lot of times people mess up. They start out on a spiritual plateau. God's leading them. And all of a sudden they start to think, well, I I think I'm going to do this. And they did what they thought instead of what God said. And I have to realize God's ways and thoughts aren't mine. I can't possibly do something unless I know it from him, because it, it won't be, it can't be right because I'm, He's above me. The only way I'm going to know what he's doing is if he tells me. If he doesn't tell me, then I better remain pat and just follow the leading because I'm going to take the wrong step. And I've learned every time I did that, the hard way, I've learned that I was wrong every time. 100% wrong. Always <laughs> so That's a good word for somebody listening there who wants to hurry up God because <laughs> we don't do that. And I think that's a lot of us right now. <laughs> so it is, So, it so is. thank you
0: for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I believe it's well needed <laughs> forever, for all of us. Absolutely.
0: So you've been in so you've been in ministry since 1975. Um, yes, I, was li- I was listening to your show, and you had on your 1981 testimony, and you did some stuff with PTL after oh, the yes. after the after I you said you said after the Jim Baker stuff happened and all yeah. that. Yes, and you've been doing a lot of stuff on YouTube. You were doing some. I was watching a video message that you did to a church in Kenya. Yes, I mean busy, busy stuff. So. How is that going now? Is it still? Is it still? Did it progress like that through the whole COVID thing? Is it still continuing on? How's it going now?
1: It does. I was sending a lot of my messages on radio over there, and I did uh, a couple messages, uh, of rallies over there. In other words, like miracle services, we've seen people saved, healed, set free. And I haven't, uh, I guess about three weeks ago with a group in Kenya, ministers that I ministered to, and then uh, they want to have me back to do it, to minister to them in Kenya, because Kenya has been a, a really a spot for me, because God put that in my heart, the word Kenya. And as soon as he did that, things started to open up in Kenya. Now, I have several friends, minister friends from Kenya. Uh, I keep with them, but it hasn't been like I'm in Doing a lot of things now with them there, which is another group from Kenya that I'm, I'm doing something, and I look forward to open up soon. Because, like I say, I hadn't heard from him for a couple of weeks, but he did in the process of things. And uh, so Kenya's there, and Pakistan. I've did work there, so right. it, it's kind of moving along. In fact, uh, I had a prophetical word on this. It, it's expanding. So, and everybody they said that I come in contact with. Uh, is person that really loves God means business with God and there's a purpose behind it. So it's been purposeful, the people God has put me with. And that, that's an interesting question because I actually couldn't answer. I, I really don't know, but there's been purpose in all of it. And I can see that, you know, some of the things and some things, you know, we have with people, it'd be just a, a short time. He has with them some a longer period and some mm-hmm. lifetime, you know, so, but it, it's really made a difference because I'm seeing fruit. And hearing fruit from people that I, you know, you never even think about. It. And all of a sudden, they say that. And, you say, and I know you've heard that, too. When people say, to "You well, William, I, I look what happened here. When you did this, you did so and so. You never even knew it or even thought about it. And I right. bring it to you, a testimony of what you've done. So I really believe a lot of that goes on in our lives. that we don't really realize the half of what we do. We 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 see great things. We praise God for it. But uh, sometimes I believe we're doing a lot more than we even realize. We think we might be so big, you know, little, but God is doing such great things. And we'll just be, our mind will just say, wow, you know, because I, I, we only get a little glimpse. I, I, I'm confirmed I'm to that because I know when you have peace of God in your heart, all you do is stay with that. You don't do anything, but just continue. Keeping on, keeping on is the name of it. Right. Keeping on, keeping on. that's that's really my message you know to stand pat fast believe everything god's word says go forth and conquer because the kingdom of god suffers violence we're attacked but we with force take it kingdom god suffers violence and the violent take it by force. so we take it by force but believe in god and keep it on keeping on right
0: what has been the hardest thing for you um
1: what's been the toughest thing about being in ministry for you I think the toughest thing has been disappointments of people, promises mm. of people not as good as their word, not carrying through. Mm. And then sometimes people not recognizing, uh what you are, what you have. But I've learned to overcome that because sometimes people just don't understand you. They don't understand you and, and they look at it the wrong way and the misunderstanding. And I had to deal with that for a while because, you know, not being accepted like uh rejected you could say in other words in, in the battle with the enemy with that but I've learned how to overcome that over the years where now if I please God that's all matters everybody can say it's no good but God peace is in my heart I know I'm doing right and I can have a big smile because Lord's for me who can be against me but rejection the hardship especially uh, William those in the end of faith not so much those in the world but more unfortunately, those who are in the churches, that we've been our worst enemies. And I know you would tell me the same thing, I believe. Oh, yeah. because those are, and people, a lot of times, you know, as you go forth, don't pat you in the back. I don't say, Brother William, you're doing a great job in the Lord. A lot of times, they, they don't want to say that because they, they want you to stay at their level. And if you're going somewhere, if you're growing, that kind of jealousy, I mean, the competitiveness, which should never be in there because it's all oh, work for the Lord, but there's a competition and I am seeing things like that. And that's always made me sick to see things like that, that people are competitive with one another. And like we're building our own little castle and building it onto ourselves. And and, and that that's, to me is the most disappointing thing, you know. You feel like there, I've been in some of the places where, uh, when I was, uh, well, more shrillers, I was working there for a period of time. Like, that's what you're speaking about, where the Lord did some wonderful things. And sometimes I would see people come to, you know, big ministries, and these people come up to you like you were a, a, a maybe could get them in it like you're a celebrity of some kind, like a Hollywood attitude, you know what I mean. And and I always hated to see that because we're not we're not putting on jumpsuits and saying don't look at me but you look at the Lord. <laughs> if I wanted to play Elvis Presley, I'd put on the jumpsuit. But we're not there to entertain. We're there to give them the word of God. You know, we're just in a simple form. Yeah. It's what it is. We got to stick to that. We're not great uh, orders and great uh, this and great that. There's too much self elevation. But we have to give God all the glory and just center in on Him and keep ourselves out of it and don't try to be so recognizable you know just keep a low profile and just everything to him and when you do that he's pleased with that and that's when he can work through us and really use us the way he wants
0: what's been the greatest thing about being in ministry
1: seeing god work in and through people's lives you minister to that, ah, that blesses yeah. me, more than ever. the testimonies, I eat testimonials up. Not that people say, oh, that's great preaching. That's wonderful preaching and teaching. That's fine. I, I, I thank God for that. I give them all the glory. But when they speak of how they were healed, they were delivered, how their lives changed, got saved. You name the, the situation. That's what excites me because the, the Bible says in First Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. In other words, there's life in those words. Results come forth in those words. When I see those results working through me into others, that's what keeps me encouraged to continue on. Says, "Hey, it's worth it all. It's worth it all." And that, that's the to me the greatest thing if you can get more than that, if somebody give you a hundred million dollar check. <laughs> in, in in addition to preaching,
0: teaching, and you have other avenues you're doing stuff in. I mentioned your YouTube channel. You can check out that link in the notes. Yes. But tell us about your your blog talk radio program,
1: if you would. Okay. Uh, reaching out Radio International. Uh, it. I've been with them a little over five years, about six years. I think about six years. Well, anyhow, they've been in business seven years. God opened them up seven years ago, and uh, anyhow, with them. Uh, I have a uh, bi-week, well, actually, the second Tuesday and the last Tuesday of every month, I have a program, and uh, they are reaching many, many countries. Every time I look on there, uh, Vandas Montel Fields is the one that heads it. She's over that. That's her network. And uh, every time I turn around, she's sending something there, about more countries, and there's a list of countries about as long as your arm right now they are, are wow. receiving. And, and 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 I'll tell you, something really shows me that too. I've went on my uh, website, you know, already, right? And I've seen as many as nine or 10 different countries on there uh, in one nice. setting, you know, because I, I get countries all over the world from people coming on there that visit it, you know? And I, I have different accesses to that, you know, where people see it, but I believe that's a lot of it there too because I have another one, uh, GCN Network. It's a, it's a network that uh, they do my things on, on uh, Roku and some things like that. So it, it's going, it's hard to really, Pinpoint it exactly which one, but I think that's probably the biggest outreach that in GCN those two radio because they're they're reaching that I know of. I might be wrong, but uh, it uh, it's uh, really a wonderful place, and and I have pretty much free everything i just go on there and just feel so relaxed there on that radio program i feel relaxed and all but right there because i guess i've been there so long you know mm-hmm. with her but uh, they're great people and know they love the lord they're really committed and i think that's why god has blessed them so great
0: and i also wanted to talk about your book for a moment can you tell us about your a little bit about your book and where yes, um, or
1: where listeners can get it yes sir uh overpowering influence of the truth God gave us that name, literally. He gave us that name. Uh, the lady with my writing mentor. Uh, she's passed since that time. But that's a that's a testimony to book and the stuff to tell you how this book got started and what it went. I mean, it's miraculous. Anyhow, I knew nothing about writing when this began. Well, anyhow, I'll tell you about the book. I won't go into all the details, it'll take too long. But uh the book, uh Overpowering Influence of the Truth, is the truth of God's Word. In other words, I've always had a burning in my heart for as long as I can remember to get the truth out to people, because uh, a lot of things in there are, are corrections of things that have been mistaught and putting the truth in and teaching things like a lot of people don't even know about water baptism, way they should baptizing the Holy Spirit. Uh, they don't know about how to deal with fear. It, it's teaching people how to deal with things and experience that I've had. And it's too many experiences, miracles, one's on miracles in there and what God did miraculously. I have a book dedicated on the 29th chapter of our 29th, to the last chapter for people that aren't saved to read that, that. They just read that chapter, learn that's a soul winning chapter to come to Jesus. And, and I'm teaching on things, how I'm dealing with fear, uh, how to, uh, uh, understand what things are said how to commit your life unforgiveness the whole chapter in that, which is a biggie one of the biggest things is unforgiveness in the world today unforgiveness and and how to do it and leads them into it and it leads people into how to not just saying you know preachers a lot of time will get up and preach you need this you need that you need that i don't like to just say you need this how do you do it a lot of people say well, that's right but how how and that's what i do i, I that, that's the way i am basically my teaching and talking uh, I, I always bring the how to's in there because uh my, a lot of my life i didn't know the how to's As i learned the how to now i like to tell others that they don't have to not know something they can learn it but if there's 29 chapters in there 234 uh pages and on my website again right now uh, is where that is. You can go there and order In fact, I like people, it, it's at Amazon too, but I like them to order it from my site. That way, when they uh, order it, it comes to me and then I just redirect it to them personally, you know, but I, I order it through there. And that's a good way so you uh, order through my site, contact me at my uh, uh, email address uh, or, you know, on my website. Either way, do it. And I'm on Facebook, Gary. They can get me on Facebook. Uh, so, all you have to do is give me the word, and I can just hook it right up with that. But that's where you get. It. But it's needed. It can be used as a Sunday school book, like you take a, ch- a chapter of the twenty-nine chapters and go over them. It can be just regular reading. Uh, it's it, there's so many things you can use it for. It could be in school. In fact, one organization when to use it in a, their Bible school and everything for the teaching of it. And that I, I was with, it. It never materialized yet. But uh, there's so much to it. In Fact, I've had even a, a major minister. That uh, And I won't mention any names, uh, that wife had uh, gotten in contact with me a number of years ago and uh, needed prayer. God said, you need to contact me. And she did as a major minister. I was amazed, you know. And uh, anyhow, we've talked become friends and prayed for one another, and uh, she said her husband used that in a couple of his messages, he used your book, and I thought, well, I was honored, you know, because so people have have seen it, recognition, we've heard so many testimonies of what God has done through that book, not just being healed, not just being saved, but in so many areas, people had insomnia, (laughs) things like that, they had, uh, I believe another one had welts or something, not So many different ways, you know, which is God, you know, whatever the need might be, He's I am, you know, I am whatever you have need of. And he showed it through that. And I think that's what impressed me the most about it. But the name, overpowering influence of the truth. There's an overpowering, when the Lord comes upon us, there's an overpowering overpowering thing that comes on us. But it doesn't force you because God never forces you. But it's so strong that he makes you an offer you just can't refuse, you know. He doesn't twist your arm. He, He purposely that's he's given us the free will but that's what it does it's overpowering and it's an influence of his truth so actually god literally called it out to the lady was my mentor we were talking about it and then she spoke that out of her mouth when she said that that ended it that it ended it right there. It, it was is. done they're no <laughs> talking about it god said it so we don't say well god let's you and i talk about this a little more i gotta know <laughs> it was a god thing so god said it it's done there, there we is. go. So, so God wrote that book. I, I can actually stand before you right now before God. God literally wrote that book. All, all glory to Him because, believe me, Every, everything is glory because there's no, no, no good in me except Him. So I have to give Him all the glory for everything about the way He worked it out. What would you say to
0: someone who is maybe feels the call to ministry, but is maybe, I don't know, not totally sure, or maybe thinks they're not good enough? They're just battling with that, um, that scenario. What would you say to them?
1: I would say Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, and all your ways acknowledge me. And you'd be acknowledging, saying, Lord, I sense a calling in my life, but I, I don't really know what to do. I'm asking you to make it clear to me. If you really want me to be in the ministry, in the five-fold ministry, make it clear to me. Open those doors. Show me what to do. I, I would start out at that. I really would because... A nudge. It isn't always a great thing. Some people have greater nudges than others into mm. something, but I would take it to him that way to get the witness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, give me that witness that I have peace about it. If I have peace, and sometimes when I, I do something like that, I would say, I'm going to go forth to do it. And if, it, if it's of you, bless it. If it's not of you, block it when you do that he'll do that because you're you're concerned you're acknowledging in all your ways he said i'll direct your path you're taking him into the equation when you ask him in he says okay you invited me in and he'll do what he needs to do you know to get you the answer you need so I, i'm i'm a firm believer in that i i do that all the time i still do that and will continue till the lord comes back because uh to really do that because he, he just wants taken into our equations then i'm patient about it and uh it's a thing that you have to, well, the Bible says in patience, we possess our soul. And your patience possesses you your soul. And that is so true because, like you said, somebody feels a call in their life. Well, they they have to be patient and seek the Lord. And if they just jump around and just all over the place, they are not going to get it. So it takes that to so really have a hold of things and can do it the right way. We can all jump and do things ahead of time and then wind up in trouble and say, Lord, I messed up here. But uh, mm-hmm. in your patience and in your simple trust and saying, if it's of you, Lord, it'll happen. Even sometimes, another quickie on that, uh, you know, sometimes they say, Lord, you're coming soon. Now you want me to do this. Hey, we don't have much time left. You're coming soon. Well, you know what I, I do when I say something like that? Now the Lord knows when he's coming. We don't, Jesus doesn't even know. Only the Father knows. Now he knows what I need. He knows what's needed and when it's needed. So I don't think he needs me to say, Lord, Jesus is coming soon. Now. I'm not going to have any time for this. I need to have this now, now, now. But he knows. And I, I say, no, Lord, you know when you know all about this. So I'm just going to rest in you. I'm not concerned about it because it's in your hands and you know when it's needed. You have to really come to that because there again, we're looking at times and saying, well, I see this. Happen. I see that. My wisdom, my judgment, say. But you have to completely leave your judgment and say, well, God, you know it. And if you want it, you'd be doing it right now. You haven't done it now. So I don't guess you want it right now. You know, you have to take that kind of an attitude of father knows best. And I'm learning that more and more as I go along. And I wish I learned that a lot sooner. <laughs> All right. Well, Pastor, I thank you so much for your time
0: today. It's you've given us so much great pieces of wisdom. Um, I really do appreciate it more than you, more thank than you, you could possibly know. And for anyone listening out there, check out Pastor Ed's uh, website oh pastor what is your website by the way i forgot to ask that
1: okay oh i have to get can i uh uh let's see my website would be well actually uh there's a short call on that right now and i could i go ahead i don't have the the, all the numbers to put down i should have had that before me uh but can i uh send that to you or uh jump yes
0: oh but um You know, I found it on um, Amazon. It's www.tinyurl.com backslash Ed eberly E-D-E-B-E-R-L-Y. So check that out. Um, Check out all the great work Pastor here's doing. Like I said, he's been a very busy guy over the years. So much that he's done. And thank you so much for what you're doing. I'll keep you in my prayers for what you're continuing to do and thanks for coming on my program i
1: appreciate it Well, thank you and i was really highly honored and blessed and it just feels so good and i'm just so happy to met you and everything become friends with you and that's it we'll be praying for you and you pray for us i was truly blessed It's made my day all right god bless you thank you so much god bless you thank you